Welcome to the If I Had More Time podcast at Mariner's Church. This podcast series invites you into a casual conversation with our senior pastor, Eric Geiger, and our teaching team to hear a few helpful insights and truths they wish they had time to include in the weekend message. Be sure that you have listened to this weekend's message prior to listening to the podcast so you get the most out of our current series. We hope you enjoy it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the If I Had More Time podcast. I'm so happy that you're listening today. We are in week four of our series, Life, Making the Most of It. And I am here with Doug Fields, one of our teaching pastors. Yay. And John Thomas, our Irvine Discipleship Pastor. Another, yay. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, we just got to hear Doug deliver mm-hmm. the message for our online message this weekend. It's amazing. We're really excited and super excited about everything that's happening at all of our congregations this weekend. So Doug took such a cool approach to this message, and I was surprised whenever we were talking about making the most of our relationships. I thought I would come in with a, a couple practical how-tos and a, a proverb scripture, and uh-huh. you you taught on um, busyness. You talked about the story of Mary and Martha, which is a, a beautiful story of from one of the Gospels, and Talk to me about that. Why Why did you choose? Why to, that angle? Why that angle? Why busyness? Yeah. Well, I mean, partly because every month here at Mariners, I am with a lot of Marriage Matters people, mm-hmm. and we talk about relationships all the time. And um, <laughs> I mean, the number one phrase people say is, oh, we don't have time, because I'm always pushing a date. Yeah. Like, I just, I'm trying to say, you need to be together. You need time. Healthy relationships require time. And the resistance that I get is we don't have time. Mm. And so I thought I, I could do something on empathy. I could do something on uh, kindness and encouragement and some of the elements that go into a healthy relationship. But I think most people know those things. They just don't have, they don't have the time to um, put them into play. So I, I may be wrong, but I think one of the, key elements of relationships, why they don't work is because people are too busy. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, we're all busy in different scenarios and circumstance of life. I mean, you know, I've got the two kids now, one going off to high school, one right. still in elementary school. My wife and I just had the conversation this morning about how are we going to do this carpool and all that other stuff. And there's a sense where I love what you did in the message is you didn't necessarily um, belittle people for their busyness. Some of it is just a function of reality of our stage of life and what we have going on. But also the reality of um, there are things that you can say no to, that there is a sense where you can create that, that space and that margin. And busyness um, in and of itself isn't an evil or wicked thing. Right. But it's learning how to navigate that and say yes to the, to the better things that, that are in front of you. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the most difficult things for people is to say no. Yeah. And so for me, this is, you know, a lot of this is my own testimony, my own journey, my own brokenness, my own drivenness that um, I had to learn to say to say no. And it's really difficult because, you know, a lot of a lot of people that I know are people pleasers yeah. and people pleasers. They don't have no in their vocabulary. And so we say yes to everything. But when we every yes is a no to to something. That's right. And uh, I, I just think saying no um, pushes against our own brokenness. Mm-hmm. And um, and, and it, it has for me. So this is, you know, part Part testimony. I mean, I definitely don't have this. I'm a type three personality in the Enneagram. I'm pretty, I move fast. I'm kind of driven. 
but I've also, um, I, I, I think maybe it was the loss of my parents. Mm. Um, you know, mm. my dad 20 plus years ago where I went, Oh, wait, yeah. yeah. You know, there's, there's some things that I really missed out on. I wish I would have, um, slowed down more to right. ask him certain questions and the loss I felt. And I just did, there's been different times in my life where I've thought like, Oh, I don't, I stay on the surface with people. Yeah. I don't go deeper because I don't, you know, one of the things I didn't say in the message um, is that I think, I think busy is the enemy of depth. Mm, that's good. And, wow. and it's hard. You can't go deep with, with people right. when, you know, you're always looking over your, their shoulder at the clock on the wall or yeah. how do I get out of this? And right. so as we talk about relationships, yes, we could all learn how to be kind and listen and empathize. But we can't even get there if we don't get there, yeah. right? Yeah, and that's why that's why I chose busyness. Yeah, that's, that's good. good. I I loved yeah. it. I thought it was so genius because as I was sitting there listening to you, I just realized uh, this whole message is on relationships and this story of Mary and Martha, where he says Mary has chosen what is good. Like Mary has chosen relationship. Like she was just the picture for us in our relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I thought it was the, the perfect tie-in for all of the um, theme of your message. You kind of had your bottom line is that it's like, choose better, yeah. like choose what's good for you. Yeah. Choose what's good for the body even. It's awesome. Well, yeah. Mary, what he said, Mary has chosen better. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that won't be taken. Martha made choices. Yeah. Yeah, but Martha's choices led to distraction and pressure and yeah. angst and yeah. you yeah. know, tell her to help me. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I, I, I often think of that interaction. There's a story of Dallas Willard when he was a seminary professor and somebody in the class asked him, you know, what do I need to do to grow spiritually? And that lie that he came back with was, well, you need to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Yeah. Like the spiritual life of growth and formation is one of unhurriedness. And of course, Jesus models that for us. I mean, you talk about this in the message, I mean, no greater task, the title, Savior of the World. Yeah. And he had three years, I mean, more than that, but three years recorded in the Gospels of his incarnational ministry and all the things that he had to do and all the things and the people that were pulling on him. But he modeled for us what it meant to be unhurried and un- and, and to be um, approachable and to prioritize when different requests were coming coming his way. And I think the other thing too, but I love what you talked about is... Um, it's about how we love God and we love others. That I think there has been sometimes in this conversation around formation and spiritual growth that we we think about, well, it's it's just for me and my time and my solitude and my prayer and me getting away. But what I love what you did and you taught it through the passage is, is yes, it's that so that we can serve others, so that we can have depth in our relationships. Mm-hmm. That it's not just about space so I can get away and work on myself. That's great and that's important, but it's space and margin so that I can depth and make an impact. Yeah. That's to love others. Love which in, the, in Matthew 22 so is equally as important. So it's not yeah. love God. The second is equally as important. Yeah. Love, right. Loving that's others. Right. I, I think if I had more time, there is a, an event that took place in the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, um, where Jesus is walking with a religious leader whose daughter has, has just died and said, would you come? And there's, you know, everywhere Jesus went, there was a crowd. And, and I, if I had more time, I would have taken a look at this text, how Jesus stops the crowd. Mm-hmm. He stops the parade and has the leisure of heart to focus on one. 
Right. Now, you got to imagine, be, you know, your your dad. Mm-hmm. You want you want him to get to the house, yeah, to heal your daughter urgently, and now he's Forget stopping. Yeah. You know, he's saying no to you, mm. so he can say yes to her, and and still in control of all you know all yeah. of time. Yeah. So, but I, I just love I love that picture of Jesus stopping the crowd, right, and and going after the one. I just think it, to me it's a beautiful. Uh, beautiful reminder. I mean, Jesus didn't say yes to everyone and everything. Jesus withdrew. Jesus walked through communities. He didn't heal everyone. I mean, and I mean, he was God, so yeah. he had that going for yeah, yeah. that we don't have. But he was also, you know, 100% human, and uh, and he he said no to things and to opportunities. Yeah, secure his identity and his priorities. I can hear the voice though of some people, and this would be my voice too. Of that's Jesus. I've got crowds and pressures in life and mortgage and job and yep. all the other stuff that I can't just say stop. Because if I say stop, then that stuff doesn't doesn't happen. Right. I mean, you can hear the real pushback, totally. especially where we live. Of, totally. Dude, but I've got all these things. And yeah. it's not that I'm trying to build an identity. It's just that I'm trying to manage it and manage my family and my resources really well. And I am legitimately overwhelmed with business. Yeah. And if I stop it, then this doesn't happen and then this doesn't happen. How would you address that? Uh, I, I just, I, we talked about it in the message a little bit about distractions. Yeah. And I just think we're distracted by a lot of things. I mean, you know, I, I can look at Instagram and the next thing I know I've been on it for 30 minutes, Yeah. Mm-hmm. but also complaining that I didn't have time to do, you know, X, Y, or Z mm-hmm. that, um, I mean, it, it always comes down to choice, right? Uh, everything is a trade-off. So every yes is a is a no to to something, and that's why I love the she has chosen better. She has chosen better. So I mean, I would I say to if if I'm answering that question, JT, it is it is um, you know what is getting your best? Mm-hmm. Love God. Mm-hmm. You know, people say I don't have time. I don't have time. You know, Eric talked about this three weeks ago. Know Him and make Him known. Mm-hmm. If you don't have time to know Him, you're outside of His will. Yeah. Right? right. I mean, I could say this whole series, you know, is you don't have time to use your gifts and serving others. You're probably outside of his will. Right. If you're not being generous with your finances. You're outside of his design and desire for for your life. Yeah, I'm not saying, you know, not saying this is easy. I just think um, and I, I mean, think of the title making the most of your life. Yeah. So even the title of our series creates a little pressure, totally. you know, yeah. in some ways right. it's not intended, but totally. you know, in some ways like, oh, I got to, I got to make the most of the 1440 minutes that I've got. So I'm going to jam as much as I, I, I can into that. Right. Yeah. And I think there's, there's freedom in when spiritual maturity learns to, there's some things you say no to. Right. Yeah, really. It, exactly. Making the most of our life we've learned over these last four weeks that it's actually to surrender. It's mm-hmm. actually to give things away, to, but to the Lord and to then say no, lay things down. Mm-hmm. The world is asking of us even. That's great. Um, we do a little thing called Rooted here. We sure do. Yes, John Thomas gets to yeah. gets to lead that here at our Irvine campus. And um, I've been a part of a Rooted group. I've led a couple of young 20s, right. 30s women's groups. And the first night we all go around in a circle and we talk about what got us there. Yeah. Why are we doing rooted? And I have never, I've led it three times and every single time, every person, a part of it is because they're seeking community. Mm-hmm. So we're young twenties, thirties. Um, 
and they are tired. Like they're, they just have this sense of defeat about them, this sense of exhaustion. Like I just, I've been living here a couple of years in Orange County and I've been trying to find a church home or I've been trying to find a good group of friends and I just haven't. And then I found out about Root. Like you just get this sense that people are, are like isolated and it's been really painful for them. Um, so I, I love this pillar in our discipleship is it's not just a Bible study. It's not just going and um, listening to somebody talk, but it's actually about facilitated discussion and growing together. Totally. So connection, relationship, community. And, you know, God uses that kind of felt need, that desire of isolation and loneliness. Yeah. That might be the felt need desire that compels us towards something. But then when we go, we encounter something that's even more substantial than just that initial need on the surface. Yeah. That we encounter right. his grace. Is good. I was just talking to a guy today, today on the phone, who's been in our church for three years. He hadn't heard your message yet. Uh, for three years, he's been sitting there and he picked up the phone, had questions about our programs and I keep hearing about this thing rooted. I've been here for three years. I've been so busy. I can't do it. I can't make it happen. And he said, just today, I just felt like I'm just going to do it. I'm going to say no to things to prioritize this. Good. And he's jumping into rooted this session. I'm praying for him and awesome. believing that God's going to meet him and many others that say no to other things to say yes to an environment where God's going to meet him. And so I love that you challenged yeah. us. Well, I, I, love, I love being a part of a church where you mentioned rooted people cheer. Totally. I mean, there's some, let's talk about an incubator yeah. of what loving God and loving others looks like, because that's what it does. Yeah. It gives us an opportunity to flex both those love muscles that we get to love God, understand, grow deeper in him, but we get to love and be loved. And yeah. who doesn't want that? I mean, that's the longing of everybody's heart. That's why, you know, as we talk about relationships, you know, people are going to lean in, but I think they're going to lean in, like you said, Liz, and want a tip. Like, yeah. Okay, yeah. I need to be a better listener, right. yeah. better eye contact, or, you know, learn how to empathize, which is, right. uh, yes, yeah, all, yeah. all of that stuff. Right. But until you, until you slow down, yeah. that's right. Uh, you're never going to get there. I'd be curious, cause you've been living this out for, for quite a while, right? You're um, a little much more mature in your faith than me. You've been, you've been living the thing out. Um, have you found like it's gotten easier over time? Is this a, a muscle memory thing that you've learned that as I exercise this to say no to things, to say yes to better things, is it, is it easier? Like talk to, talk to me. <sighs> yeah. Others come everyone. to you from the future. Yeah, please. He's an old man. <laughs> um, it, it, it does get easier. Yeah. I just wouldn't say it's easy. Yeah. Okay. So for example, when I first started saying no, and it was like, oh, wait, the, the, the minutes that God has given me is a gift mm. that if I'm not stewarding those minutes, so I have to say no to things, but I would say no and kind of babble and support my no, like, mm. no, because I, I'm trying to get healthy. And, <laughs> and so, but now I just say no. Yeah. yeah. So, but still like right, bef right before we filmed the message for the online, I was meeting with, with a guy who is who's writing a book, um, a great, great guy, great guy. Um, but he asked me if I would, if I would read it. And I said, no. Mm -hmm. Now it doesn't wow. mean I won't read it once it comes out, but he wanted me to read it sure. and give him, you know, advice and different things like that about it. And I said to him, I said, probably not. And here's why. Yeah. Good. And, um, and then I got to, I got to the no, but I'm, I'm now it's easier on email to say no or right. whatever, have your assistant say no for you. But now we're face to face, eye to eye. And he's so excited about this, but I just said to him, that's probably based on your word count. What you told me, that's probably 15 hours of my life. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's a big commitment. And right. I, I can't do that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And here, here's the thing about saying no. Mm-hmm. Is that at the end of the day, the people that you've said no to aren't the ones who have to be the mom or the dad of your children or the spouse. You know what I mean? Like you might have disappointed that person you said no to, but you're going to disappoint somebody. It's totally. just like, you know, choose the pain point, yeah. you know, at that point. Totally. Yeah. And uh, I I think, you know, health says, you know, choose choose your marriage, choose your family, you know, first. Yeah. And then it doesn't mean, you know, I mean, we always are talking about serving and using your time to serve and to love others and the whole bit. That's why I, I didn't build a message around going and develop relationships with strangers. Yeah. Yes, we need to do just just practice loving the people in your path. Right. Because God has put people in your path right now that are there yeah. that actually need your time. Yeah. That, you know, that gift of presence is so powerful. Right. It's really good. That's right. If, if everyone at our church, every person that heard your message at Mariner's Church this weekend, if they all embraced this and chose uh, to say no, chose what's better, and um, really chose to make the most of their relationships in their life, what what could our church look like? Or what could I look like as an individual? And then what could our church look like? Yeah. Well, I think if you go to Mary and Martha, you'd look more like Martha. I'm sorry, you'd look more like Mary, mm-hmm. right? Like if at the end of the day, if we put this into play, um, you know, Mary has chosen better. She was at the feet of Jesus, that she was, she was, you know, devoted while Martha was frazzled. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at the end of the message, I, I riff on some, some kind of juxtapositions of Martha versus Mary that, I mean, I could say, you know, Mary, Mary was devoted and Martha was discouraged. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Martha was busy. Um, Mary was, was better. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think to answer your question, Liz, I think, People would look more like Mary. Yeah, right. yeah. I see. I see um, relationships with depth. To your yep. point earlier, like I see. I see how Mary was close to Jesus, and she was spending time with them. So surely she was experiencing more of Him, the richness of that closeness, things like that. I I see people that really know one another and really yeah. um, care yeah. about one another. Totally. It's good. A worshiping community, right? Yeah. People that are just so enthralled with the love of Jesus and who he is that there's nothing else that can replace that intimacy in my relationship with him. Yeah. Like worry about the temporal things. No, thanks. They're fleeting. They're gone. They actually don't matter in the long run of eternity. But what matters is my relationship with Jesus, how I know him, how he knows me and how that impacts everything else. Mm-hmm. So a community that replaces worship or worry for worship and the impact that can have is, is nothing short but substantial. That's beautiful. Yeah. You know, uh, my my background is a little bit in the youth ministry space, and so as mm. teenagers, I would say to teenagers all the time, you don't really understand this now because in in high school or junior high, it's all about popularity and masses of friends. Right. But the truth is, if you graduate high school with two good friends, like one really good friend, yeah, you're gonna have a rich life. Yes. Yeah. And in some ways, we've taken our teenage life and we've just elevated it and we're still trying to play in all these circles with all these people and you know we're just we're shallow because again busyness is the enemy of depth and how great would it be to just go slow go deep with a few 
which is the beauty of life, you know, life group rooted. This sounds like it's a rooted commercial, which probably should be. I'm not mad at that. Yeah, let's go. Signups are coming soon. <laughs> but there's more, you know, there's like relationships are life giving. It's more, it's more than just a companionship and having a buddy. It's they're yeah. life giving relationships. Absolutely. Doug, John, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you guys for listening to the If I Had More Time podcast. Thanks for joining us today on the If I Had More Time podcast hosted by Mariners Church. We hope to see you next weekend at any of our congregations across Southern California or online. To view our service times at each congregation, be sure to check out our website at marinerschurch.org.